0: It's an emergency
1: I don't wanna be Like
0: a carnival ring So feel free
1: hello um we've got Graham Jeffries on the line hi Graham
0: good morning how are you today I'm
1: good thank you so you've had a pretty um, long history in New Zealand music yeah putting out a lot of things and you've just recently released two new albums
0: yeah and there's another one as well so it's actually three new albums oh my gosh so i've had a absolutely crushing it (laughs) well it's more the albums were recorded during lockdown or Ah, canary in a coal mine was and the one after that hog porridge and heifer lumping was just more or less straight through it was like with the first two this kind of punishment albums there was no real gap between those two albums Mm -hmm. and they just happened to come out at the same time the hog porridge and heifer lumping, I paid for the pressing myself mm-hmm. and got it done here so it came come out very quickly. The other one came out on Ally Records, which is a North Carolina label. Oh, wow. And it usually takes about a year in America to mm. get a record out because all of the pressing plants are blocked with record store day stuff. They have it four times a year. And the smaller labels have a real trouble actually pressing the physical vinyl. Right? Mm-hmm. So they both came out at the same time. Great, like Christmas, really wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah.
1: everything at once. Look, you look like you've been very busy, Um, and so can you tell me a bit about these albums and and kind of maybe how they fit with each other or how they um, are are different? Or
0: okay, Um, I play all of the instruments on them, which is like uh, guitar, piano, cello, viola, violin, drums, bass, marxophone, uh, percussion, everything like that, and I recorded them myself and even taken the photographs for the artwork and done every last thing for them so wow. there's a point from being an artist from when you first start where somebody does the cover and it doesn't look very good and you oh why doesn't that look very good <laughs> so you do it yourself you know mm-hmm. and you get to the point where you know how to do everything for, yeah. for the last one i even went out to the printing place in albany and adjusted the cover slightly wow. uh, and things like that. And, and it, it's cool from an artist's point of view for yourself if you can circumnavigate all these problems. You know, like uh, when I when I send off an, uh, a file to the cutting room, I send this really long instructions about where all the data is. Like, you know, the vocals don't sort of come in for 30 seconds so you can cut the groove mm-hmm. thinner there if it's out of phase and stuff. And at the end of it, I write a silly message to be written on the inner running surface to make sure that the person's actually read it. You know, yes, like yeah. it, it might be... a. Uh, um <laughs> never trust uh brian oddenham with money or it might be something <laughs> else like that and they've all got these crazy things written on them if you actually look on all the records and so
1: you know if someone's do- doing the job how you want it to be done
0: yeah like i mean say for the the, the most recent one called i'm not listening to your station there's an old this kind of punishment song on it that has this scene of waves and stuff and mm. as a as a frequency that's very very thick and deep so mm. they had widen the groove for that and so i'll take it in the instructions it says at 258 please widen the groove for a really big wave and then bring it back in at 317 Mm -hmm. and if you look at the record he's actually sort of done it so cutting engineers are like record geeks or music geeks (laughs) and they love it when somebody's in their language yeah so to some extent it works very very well to do this sort of thing and also you don't want to have the rejected test pressing you don't want to organize all this stuff and then have the pressing not be satisfactory and Mm. either have to manufacture a dodgy record or delay everything so it's in one's own interest to do it properly yeah and i mean like this sometimes i look at them and i think is this guy actually going to read all this or is this (laughs) woman going to read all this but it usually works out really well
1: oh that's great um, can you tell me a little bit about this instrument that you play on these records? Because that's really interesting. The Marxophone. The Marxophone.
0: The Marxophone is like one of those old world instruments that nobody has. And it was <laughs> an invented by a guy called Henry Marx who had nothing to do with communism yes, before was, yeah. the Russian Revolution happened. So it's more like Marx Brothers than Karl Marx. And first of all, he invented a Celestophone, which is a slightly bigger version of it with different hammers, with like lead hammers and... and um, the one that I've bought has got wooden hammers, which is the hardest one to find. I've actually got a Celestophone and a lead hammer marksophone mm-hmm. as well. And um, during the lockdown, when I was writing Canary in a Coal Mine, I had to actually like make my own marksophone. I used this other frame oh, and, wow. I, and I, for, the, for the song on the record, I made the hammers myself okay. um, and worked out that way and I thought, oh i'm never gonna get a marxophone Life's so unfair here i am in new zealand and they're all on ebay for hundreds of dollars and then it turned up one of them turned up on ebay and it was in kentucky some some redneck was selling it and they were selling it quite cheap but the postage during lockdown was 350 dollars to get it from kentucky to new zealand and i thought all i gotta do is push buy now and yeah, i yeah. bought it so i pushed by now gone like then the next day there was a hurricane in that part of kentucky <laughs> near the warehouse where my it was
1: microphone. you know i was thinking
0: i just paid for that it's not gonna come but eventually it, it turned up and um, oh. I, I had to fix it slightly and fiddle around with it but mm-hmm. now it's in perfect condition oh. and um they they sound like either a harpsichord if you play them with the hammers or if you play them with a the whammy bar mm-hmm. they almost sound like a hurdy-gurdy like there's a song called any his birthday where the instrument in it is just only a and it sounds like a hurdy-gurdy, they modulate in a oh, really okay. interesting way so this gig that Matthew Crawley has organised at the church on Saturday should be amazing for yes. marxophone acoustics, oh, I'm really amazing. looking forward to that.
1: Okay so as well as the marxophone sounding absolutely sublime at the church, can you tell us a little bit more about this gig and what um, people going can expect from okay. the gig?
0: Uh, well, it's in the Unitarian Church, which is on the intersection of Ponsonby Road, Great North Road, K Road and Newton Gully. It's a beautiful old church, must be over 100 years old, big sort of wooden ceiling. And I've brought up my own lighting machine and stuff Ooh. like that uh, to make it like psychedelic. And um, we're putting our own PA in there, so it's a totally non-pub gig, it's something that's out of the alcohol industry. Um, Slightly
1: more ethereal vibes. Yeah, like,
0: I mean, the last time I played a a non-pub gig in Auckland would be the nitpickers picnic with this kind of punishment, which is a long Mm. time ago. So I like the idea of, of doing that. I mean, I really love playing at the wine cell and I love how Rowan runs the wine cellar I think it's a really great place to play but I just wanted to try something different this time and and, um I like Matthew because he's a bit of a loose canon and he suggested (laughs) doing it in a church and I thought yeah that's a really really good idea
1: it's great when people play gigs in in slightly different strange places or just bring a different element means when you go to the gig there's something else that you're excited about I like about them to be well.
0: really really special like yeah. a, for, for as an artist I suppose one is selfish and one wants to do a good show each time so the more special that I can make them and the more different that I can mm. make them the more I actually enjoy them I mean the, I suppose selfishly after all this I, I've played gigs all my life and I yeah. still play gigs so one wants to do a performance that uplifts me as well yes. as the audience yeah, course, you know? yeah. like a, that there are if it's a hard gig to do you can usually manage to do it but at the end of it you feel slightly cheated Mm. like a like you haven't had an orgasm or something (laughs) but when you do a show where you can do one in a good situation with Mm. your own gear and a way that pleases you it releases so many endorphins in you that you're awake all night you know yeah
1: yeah, beautiful um so you say you know obviously you've been in lots of bands throughout your life.
0: Yeah, I've made music my life and yes. I've, I've managed to survive, which is surprising yeah, in some is ways. A, that yeah. is a feat. <laughs> well, if I'm dead, it's not that different, you know? <laughs> So these,
1: So like, these bodies of work that you've put out,
0: yeah.
1: do they feel like a really satisfying progression of all of that music history in Yes, I do, yeah. yeah. I,
0: I, I'm usually pretty pleased with them. About over 70% and I let them go. Um, it's it's always one, if you're a musician, one song leads to another, one mm. idea leads to another. Yeah. You know, you, you, you progress and you learn and what you've learned carries through onto things. And hopefully at the end of that, you'll be making music really different from where you started. Yes, but yep. there'll be a golden thread through it somewhere. There'll be some sort of thing of, I mean... When, when you're writing a song, you're choosing what you like as melody to use. You're mm. choosing what you like as a story to use. You're using all the things in your life that you experience and feel to portray in the yeah. music, not necessarily about your life, but about the world. And that is a really interesting thing to me. And I've always found that really, really fun to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've lived in six different countries and operated my bands or solo shows for a really, really long time only because it's been interesting to me because there's there's, um nothing better to do like or or that's the best thing i could think of to do with my life and i've never really regretted that if anything the longer i do it the more i'm sure that i was right to choose that i mean my parents split up when i was eight and my father would have wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer or at least a farmer because he owned a farm so my mother was very supportive and mm. when she saw that i loved music very much she encouraged me to do that oh, that's so not great. so it's been a very charming life
1: oh lovely to be honest yeah Yeah, and so a lot of your songs are um or i, I mean i read the bio for the um maybe the Canary in a comment, or oh. it might have been the Heffalump one on Bandcamp. Yeah. Um, and a, b- a lot of them are about the world and its current problems. Do Especially
0: heffalumping, yeah. Yes,
1: yeah. It's prob- yeah, likely that one. Do you find the um, making music as a way of kind of, as a catharsis or a way yes. of navigating your own feelings about those problems, or do you see it more as like a teaching people about these problems, or maybe a bit of both?
0: Um, I wouldn't have thought that I could teach anybody to do anything (laughs) other than maybe put money in a parking meter. But it's more for myself, like uh, talking to myself or sharing my thoughts. I mean, Mm. something like, say, the Ukrainian victory salute, the starting song on hog porridge and heifer I'm really against the Ukrainian war. And my partner for the last 14 years comes from Crimea. So we actually managed to sell her apartment there after it was annexed, but before the war Mm. but it was really difficult to do all of the documents had to be changed from ukrainian into russian because the law changed and then the deal had to be done in american dollars because that's the black market currency for russia so for ukraine and it couldn't be done in the Ukraine, the money had to be put in a briefcase and carried across the border <laughs> yeah. to Russia to do it. And it was enough money to be killed for, you know. Uh. So in that way, I have a vested interest in the Ukraine mm-hmm. from, from, I mean, her brother still lives in the Ukraine, but her auntie lives in Kiev, so mm-hmm. her family has different people on, oh, wow. on each side of the war, oh, wow. you know. Yeah. Um, pets get run over by tanks, um, people go missing, you mm-hmm. know, friends just disappear. So I, I think that was really wrong, and for that song, I really wanted to make a stand on it, not not because I wanted to be political, but because it just happened to cross over into yes. my life.
1: Yeah, yeah, so a way of, of navigating, kind of bringing those feelings Yeah, I, I didn't it.
0: think about, I'm going to sit down and write a song no, about yeah. this just comes out. I never really think about those things. Something just comes out or something occurs mm. to one, and you just trust your subconsciousness or your your... Think like a crow, think like a magpie type Mm -hmm. thing. Oh, what's this? Let's have a look at
1: that. (laughs) You know,
0: and and one thing leads to another. Um, Sometimes I'll get up at three o'clock in the morning and work on something. Like I'll I'll get some sort of idea, or you
1: have to go work on it now. (laughs) Well, no, you
0: just well three o'clock in the morning. that's a really good idea. I guess I could go out and work on it, you know, and then you have a cup of coffee and you stay awake for a few hours and (laughs) maybe you're a little bit shattered the next day, but it's always, it's the curiosity of wanting Mm. to do it and to discover what melody that could be or where that comes from, you know. It's kind of, um, I think it's great to to have that because somehow if you do it in the right way, it re-energises you, you know. Music should be something that's joyous, it should be something that's not depressing, it should be something that uplifts people Mm -hmm. or at least... Brings them in contact with reality. You know, I yeah. see music as being a, a joyous thing and a great way to spend one's life.
1: Yeah, oh, amazing! Well, um, the show Unitarian Church yeah. on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, you doors can, open at eight. Doors at eight. Great. Um, so yeah, go, head along, yeah. go along, see see the uh, oh, the marxophone in action, um, and we're going to play um, one more track, um, Enia's
0: birthday.
1: Enia. Yeah. It's um, a And um, thank you so much for coming in and having a chat with us You're today. You're welcome. Thanks very much. Yeah, very interesting.
0: So, John and Graham have come up to play Cause it's England's birthday We're all good traded from the night that's been But we've loaded in early and we've sorted everything But we need to play well Three vocal microphones and i sing. He had a microphone and turned twin. It's Eni's birthday, age yeah, 55. Ain't got no monitors but never mind. like in his birthday. It was getting really fast, but he made it back to Dusty's and he's ripping out to checks. Now it's Amy's birthday. The boss is stuck and there's a real lot of food, and Amy got up early and picked wild marsh trees. It's Amy's birthday. It's in your story. It's in your birthday Yeah, it's his birthday He nearly slipped over to the other side, but Crocky saw him coming and he pushed him back in time now it's Amy's birthday It really has been such a stressful year We thought we nearly lost a man and danced fine again Yeah, it's Amy's birthday It's Amy's birthday it's It's news used